The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fifth chapter. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. The first thing you have to observe in our Gospel lesson is that Jesus gives Simon Peter unsolicited advice. I suspect that most of you have someone in your life who gives you unsolicited advice. It can be hard to get along with such a person. And when you do, it is with frustration and through gritted teeth. That's especially tough when you're a kid, I think, because as you mature, the kind of advice you need changes. But your own sense of the advice you need seldom corresponds with the advice your parents think you need. It creates a real rub unsolicited advice can be a source of great contempt. Trust and faithfulness are the solution. If you're a kid and you trust that your parents actually do want what's best for you, you receive their advice a bit differently. If you're a parent and you are faithful to give your kids what's best and not just what is convenient or comfortable for you, then the advice you give will be worth something. Trust and faithfulness are the keys to any relationship. Now back to our gospel. Jesus is giving Peter unsolicited advice. It's one thing to give unsolicited advice to your kids or even to your spouse or your co-workers or a friend or a stranger, but it is another thing entirely to give unsolicited advice to an expert. That is what Jesus is doing. Peter is a professional fisherman. It's like if I had a talk with Tom Brady about how to improve his accuracy. Actually, I had an experience quite like that. When I was in high school, I worked at a bakery, and I was responsible for rolling the dough into loaves and buns. There's a certain technique involved, and I thought I was pretty good at it. So one day there was a new employee and after we made introductions, he just sort of stood there by the table while the rest of us were rolling the dough. 
I thought I could help him out a bit, and so I started to give him instructions while my coworkers began to chuckle and awkwardly avoided eye contact with me. It was only after I finished giving this fellow a full course in rolling dough that I learned he was my new boss. He was the new owner of the bakery who had been rolling dough longer than I had been alive. St. Peter knows how to catch fish. He's a professional fisherman. He knows all the strategies and techniques. He knows the waters, and he knows how to steer the boat. He knows the best time of day to fish, and he knows when to quit. He is an expert. And Jesus gives him unsolicited advice. But it gets better still. Jesus isn't just giving unsolicited advice to an expert. He is giving bad advice. He's not telling Peter something he already knows. He is telling Peter something he knows to be untrue. They'd fished all night and caught nothing. They'd fished when the fishing was best and had had no success. Now Jesus is telling them to try again during the day. And what does he know? It's a bad idea, a waste of time, and frankly, embarrassing to be the guys out in the boat while everyone else is cleaning their nets. This is what you have to observe about our gospel lesson. Jesus is giving bad unsolicited advice to Peter, an expert. Now, there are two miraculous things about this story. Peter's trust and Jesus' faithfulness. Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. Peter can't help but comment on the advice. He knows it's bad advice. But there is something even stronger, something more reliable, than his expert instinct, something that he trusts more than he trusts himself. At your word, I will let down the nets. That is the response of faith, believing that what Jesus gives us to do is good, believing that when Jesus speaks, it's not mere words, but power coming out of his mouth, believing even contrary to all appearances. It's not mere obedience out of fear or coercion. Kings and princes can get citizens to obey. Parents and teachers can get children to obey. Your average bully can get anyone to obey. It's not obedience out of fear, but obedience out of trust. Peter believes that even though Jesus seems to be giving him bad, unsolicited advice, he is trustworthy. He is faithful. He is able and willing to keep his promises. And that leads Peter to obey. At your word, I will let down the nets. That is the response of people of faith throughout the Bible. It's the response of Abraham when God told him to sacrifice his son. It's the response of Moses and Joshua and David when God told them to wage war against enemies that were too big and too strong for them. It's the response of Isaiah, who cried out, Here am I, send me. It's the response of Mary, when she humbled herself and said, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. It is also the response of you, Christians, when Jesus tells you to take up your cross and follow him, when he tells you to honor your parents and raise your children in the faith, to love your enemies, and to pray for those who persecute you, to be faithful to your spouse, 
to give and not to hold back, to speak well of everyone and explain everything in the kindest way, to suffer spite and humiliation for his sake, to endure false reproach and shame because you hunger and thirst for righteousness, to be the only fisherman out in the sea while everyone else is cleaning their nets because you have the word of Jesus. When you, like Peter, hear the word of Jesus and obey, it is nothing short of a miracle. That is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's something that Peter knows, too. So when the word of Jesus is fulfilled and they can't pull all of the fish into their boat, he falls on his knees and he prepares to die. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He had the same experience that Isaiah had in the throne room of God. Woe is me, for I am undone. Yes, Peter heard, and yes, he obeyed, but this little act of obedience was no consolation in the face of all his disobedience, in the face of all of his sin. It's here that we see the other miraculous thing about this story, the faithfulness of Jesus. Sometimes this story is told just as a demonstration of his power. Jesus proves that he's the one who created the sea and the fishes by producing this unbelievable catch. And there's an important lesson there, that when you do what Jesus gives you to do, you don't have to fear failure. You may find yourself sitting out in the middle of the lake in the middle of the day with all the other fishermen on shore, pointing and laughing, wondering what's gotten a hold of you. But you can be sure that whatever Jesus promises, he can and will do. But this story isn't just about Jesus' mastery of creation. It's about absolution. Peter has done this remarkable, faithful thing, but it is no help when he finds himself standing in the presence of the living God. He knows that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is a consuming fire, a jealous God who doesn't want just a bit of obedience now and again, but complete devotion and obedience. Peter doesn't make promises about the future or excuses for the sins of his past. He takes to his knees and prepares to receive what's coming for him. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. But listen to what Jesus says to Peter. Do not be afraid. Those little words like the words that Isaiah, that Isaiah hears in the throne room, your guilt is taken away, your sin is atoned for, those little words are not just words. They are power from the mouth of Christ. Power not just over the sea and the fish, but over sin and death. They are words backed by his very flesh and blood and guaranteed by his resurrection from the grave on the third day. They are words that do what they say, that deliver you from fear and from guilt and from sin. They are words that make you righteous and holy. Words of goodness and love that bring you into the presence of a merciful God. They are words that free you to trust and to obey. Without those words, you're dead. You're undone. So listen carefully and grip the words of Jesus Tightly. That's trust. 
That's what faith does. And do not be afraid. In Christ, who was faithful to you even unto death, your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.